good mind. It's the first day of Cholamoy Pesach here. Tav Shin Pei Gimel. Uh, we are uh, learning Tav Yud Aleph Amad Aleph, and I could not resist, even though it's Cholamoy. We have here Eitan Robbins and Nachi Lavi, and we're outdoors. A little bit different circumstances. Two dots. Six lines down in the wide lines on Yud Aleph Amad Aleph. We figured we'd start here. Very apropos for the day. The Pasuk says, Biyakam Melech Hadash. What does this have to do with Sota? Well, we know that uh, we were already talking about the Mida Keneged Mida that happens for the Sota. How is there Mida Keneged Mida for the Sota? Because in all of the ways that she was transgressing, says the Mishnah, in all the body parts that she used to transgress, those were the ones in the order with which they were done that she gets now punished, as is the procedure of blowing up from drinking the May Sota. Now, you guys are mature enough because you're already towards the end of your last year of Neir Israel High School. Be that as it may, the Mida Kenegad Mida is throughout, as we know, Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim as well. And that's literally, the Gemara is just going through other examples of Mida Kenegad Mida. And so this is Vayaka Melech Hadash, what does that have to do with anything? So we were talking about uh, how all of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, as we know, was Mida Kenegad Mida. Really, call me Dosef Shalkash Baruch was Mida Kenegad Mida, but that's part of the secret of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, to talk about the Mida Kenegad Mida in Mitzrayim. Be that as it may, what does Vayaka Melech Hadash mean at the beginning of the story of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, that a new king stood up, Rabbi Shmuel, famous Machlokas, Chadamar Chadash, Mamash Chadamar Shenitzchad This is Machlokas we already saw in Erevin. The one said that it was a new king, meaning a new human being, that the king was replaced. And the other one was, it was the same dude, but he made new Gezeros. Why would he say one one way or the other? Well, Manda Amar Chadash, Mamash says the Gemara, the Ksiv Chadash, well, because that's what the Pasuk says, that it was a new guy. That's what it sounds like. Why does he say that it was the same guy? Because typically, when you switch over from one king to another, the Torah will say that there was a transition. Here, there's no sense of a transition. It sounds like it's the same king. So what would Chadash mean? Chadash does not necessarily mean a new dude, but he had new ideas, a new politics, if it were. What was it? Continues the Gemara with the next Pasuk. With the continuation of the pasuk, the havadame commanded loyadali klal, loyada meaning it's as if he didn't know him at all. In other words, that's how harsh his decrees were. Had he had any sense of a karsatov to what Yosef had done from Mitzrayim, he would not have made these takanas. He would have at least muted them a little bit. But this was like as if he had none at all. And then he says, el amo Israel. So he said to his people, Paro says to his people, "Here are the people of Israel." As he, as he said, they are right more than us. They're stronger than us. So there's a brisa that says that he was the first to offer, it was Paro's idea, okay, to start suggesting anti-Semitic acts. And again, like the Sota, where we say, like, she started with this, and that's why the Mesota hits that part of her first. Similarly here, with Paro, he was the first person to suggest acting out against the Jews, and therefore he was the first that was struck. Who how do we know that he was the first to offer the suggestion? That's what the Pasuk says. He was the first one mentioned. It says he's the one that said it. He's like said to everyone, hey everyone, let's start killing Jews. That's why he was the first to get punished. How do we know that? That's what the Pasuk said. That this is by Makas Tzfardea. The, the Moshe tells him, that Moshe Rabbeinu tells him that it's going to affect you and then your nation and all your avadecha. And so it is in the order, because he was the one that initiated, because Par was the one that initiated the problems, he was the one that was going to get the makos initiated first. Okay. Then Par said, Let's outsmart the Jews. Wait, why do you say, As if they're one? 
person, right? He should have said, They were plural to nations. What he meant was a single person. What's the single person? The Savior of Israel. Not really a person. Who's the Savior of Israel? Hashem. Okay, so let's outsmart Hashem. This is, doesn't usually work out well. But men who do none, right? Uh, how can we outsmart Hashem? Uh, by Nidunam means how are we going to give din and judgment to Klal Yisrael without having to fear, right, that Hashem's going to get us back? What's the way to do it? Nidunam Ba'ish. Let's, um, let's set him on fire. Yeah, we can't do that. Because if we do that, Hashem, we know, can punish us through fire. Why? Because Hashem Ba'ish Yavo. That's a Pasuk in Isaiah that they could not have possibly been aware of. But the Mepharshim explained that this is uh, something that was known. You know, people were aware of Sodom. People were aware that Hashem knows how to take vengeance with fire. So they didn't play with fire, as it were. You guys see what I did there. And so they did not dare do that. Okay. Also, Hashem is, it's, um, it's, it's common for Hashem to use fire to take out his anger. So let's not deal with that. How about Bacherv? Let's... Let's just slice everyone's heads off like ISIS. So, in the continuation of that Pasuk, it also says that Hashem can also kill, get people back with Kharbo. So, therefore, Farah decided, you know what? I'm not going to do it with fire. I'm not going to do it with the sword. That's like the more conventional way. But let's do this. That's how he came up with the idea of the mime. Did you ever wonder how he came up with the idea of the mime? That's how he came up with drowning. Yes. Not that Hashem never took out revenge with water. He certainly did. He drowned everyone except for Noah. But he already promised that that was going to be the last time. So this is the best way. It's a perfect idea. It's actually a great plan. Let's just drown all of them. He can't, since the Kalmi doesn't show Kalish Baruch Hu, Mida Kanegad Mida, he can't get back at us. This is, this is genius. Shanemar Kimenach Zosli, and we know the story. Noah, where Hashem promised that he's no, never going to uh, drown uh, Right, that's what every time you see a rainbow, we know he'll never drown the uh, the, the world again with water. The Hain Einon Yodin, they did not know. Shall call Olam Kulo Eino Mevi, Aval Uma Achasu Mevi. That was the fly in the ointment, the flaw in the plan. The flaw in the plan was, yeah, Hashem promised he's never going to destroy the entire earth by drowning the whole earth, but to drown a nation, no problemo. He was he could easily do that and. That was a problem that they overlooked that option. So inami, that's one thing. Or who eno may be aval hein bain benoflim b'socho. Okay, a, de- a technicality, right? Like a grandma, like Hashem says, I'm not going to drown you, chas v'shalom. But if you jump in the ocean like a bunch of dummies because uh, you think it's dry, and then I just put it back, that's not really drowning you. That's just kind of like back, you know. So that's why it says that the mitzrayim were running away towards it. Running away towards it is a. Uh, Right, it is a, is an ironic way to say it because really, when you're running away, you're running from something. But anyway, they were running, and they ran into the sea, and it's a way of saying that it was the grama, meaning the way the pasuk is worded is teaching you that it wasn't like the the waters came after them and they were drowned. It was like they were like ran into the waters, so that's okay. Okay, and the Gemara supports that idea. Behind the Dhamma of Elazar, my ki b'davar shares adu 
Bikdera Shibishlu Ba Nisbashlu again, the whole idea of Mida Kanegad Mida, that which we know Kasher Zadu, right? That which they schemed to do, that's how they were punished. Why did the Pasuk say that? So it says, because of the and, and again, whatever they cooked, they, they, they slept in the bed that they made, or as the Gemara says it, they were cooked in the pot that they heated up. Okay. What's the basis for that? My mashma the high zadu lishna de kadehu. Why why are you taking the zadu and you're dafka using the mushal of a pot? Ah, you should have thought of that. I would have liked to have heard you guys say that. That Nazid, of course, it's a play on words. I mean it's the same word. Nazid there is Nazid, we, we think of it as Nazid Adashim, right? That uh, a dish, as it were, of lentils, but be that as it may, it's in a pot, and therefore Yazid refers to a pot, and that's why it makes sense to say the pot which they cooked, they got cooked in themselves. Okay, more about power on the juice. Do you realize that this is not, we're not learning this because it's Pesach, we're learning it because it's what's called a Dafyomi coincidence, that in this particular cycle of Dafyomi, every single thing that we've done seems to be Directly correlated to what we're learning. So 18 lines up from the bottom of the famous Medrash. Uh, I guess, uh, so I guess it's not a Medrash. I guess it's a Gemara and a Medrash or whatever it is. This was the council of Paro. This is what Rav Shalom Karmi Shlita and why you call the conservation of biblical characters. It's all the same dudes over and over again. <laughs> Say it's the uh, usual suspects, as it were. So Bilam Yisro. what are they doing here? Bilam Shiatz Neharag. Bilam, he actually had the idea to drown the Jewish babies. Is that true? Didn't we just say that that was who, whose idea it was? Well, we didn't say. We just said that Parah himself was the first to say maybe to propose to kill the Jews, and then this. This uh, tremendous chap of drowning them, that was Bilam's. That's what some of Farsham say. That makes sense, okay? So anyways, that was his idea, and he was killed. Now, it would have been made sense for him to die drowning, but whatever, if that's the shot. But be that as it may, I don't really... Uh, okay, so he was... Because he was actually an Arab Bechar, was he not? Anyway. Um, but anyways, he says, Eov Shishasak, so that was good. He just stayed silent, but that's not great. You're supposed to kind of stand up for what's right. So Nidon be Yisurin. So yeah, so go through your silent suffering. Mida connected Mida. And Yisro Shabarach. Yeah, Yisro didn't want to have anything to do with it. So he said he didn't speak out against it. I guess that would have been a waste. But he said, I have I want nothing nothing to do with this. And he stormed out. He said, Good day to you. And he slammed the door. And sure enough, right, his his uh, descendants were to be Zacher to be the members of the Sanhedrin, of course, right? Because uh, his descendants were Moshe's descendants. By definition, that's his son in law right there. Okay, uh, now, okay, Shanamar, how do we know, however, that they sat in the Sanhedrin? Does anybody understand any of these words? Or better yet, does anybody know where this is from? It's the second parak of Divrei Okay, so in Divrei it says, these are the families of the what? The, sh- the Yavets. What's the Yavets? It's possibly a, a place, a place where they lived. Okay, so they had they, the Yavets. They were blessed with that was like a yeshivish place, like like Baltimore, right? There's many many uh, big Tamida chachamim who are learning, and the descendants of Hamas from the ha- father of the house of Rechav, of Moshe, 
and the children of Kenite was Chosen Moshe. So you see the Kenites who are in the aforementioned Pasuk, right? Hakinim, Habayim, right? Mechamas, the Kenites who are descended from Hamas, Kenite was, the children of Kenite is another one of the name of Yisro. And therefore we see that the children of Yisro ended up in Yavetz, and Yavetz was a very yeshivish place with a tremendous Torah, a very Mokam Torah, as we would say. And therefore, we see that that was the schus of Yisro indeed. Okay. Let's keep going with Paro's ideas. V'nilcham banu arts. You see, they were concerned. There's a lot of people. If there's a war, they're going to join our enemies. We're going to be destroyed. V'alinu mi Paro should have said, again, the grammar, and we will go up from the land. What do I mean v'alamin haaretz? And go up from the land. They're in the land. Right? So it should have said that they're going to make us leave the land. V'alamin arts would be good. That's what he wants. He wants them to leave. So what does Allah mean arts? So a person who curses himself but applies the curse to others. In other words, he doesn't want to say, you know, I don't want a chas v'shalom for X to happen to me. So he says X to happen to them. It's a way of saying, it's like almost like to avoid an ayin hara. Uh, because he was worried about it, so he was told Okay. The answer is, So what did they end up doing? Well, before throwing them in the water, they made the taskmasters. Again, Allah is in the singular. That's the Gemara. Lay me by the should have said on them in the plural. They brought this brick mold, and they hung it on his neck. Okay, so mold of a brick it was hanging on Paro's neck during this time. Imagine this. Whenever any of the Jews says, Oh, I'm not down, I don't want to work. Paro. He said, Do you think that you're more of delicate than Paro? So when they say, again, when the Pasuk says, It said they would use him as an example. Okay. Now, okay. So, the Pasuk is saying that he enslaved them. So, how does this, how does this work out with throwing him in the water? Uh, so again, all of this has to be a little bit uh, organized, but be as may, let's keep going. It says, Sarei Sim. Why are they called Sarei Sim? That usually is talking to, you, you thought it was like, not taskmasters, but tax collectors. That's about a masses, but no, Misim here means, just in case you're wondering what it meant, it means task. Dabr Sim. Mesim is like something that coerces, that like you put on to somebody, literally, like lasim, to put on to somebody that they don't want to do. That's what Sarei Mesim means. Uh, Mesim is with a sin, Mesim is with a samach, but those are interchangeable. Okay, Lamano and Sabbisi Lasam. In order to afflict them with the fact that they're suffering, Anosami Baile. It should have said to afflict them again. Why Anoso? In the singular, Laman Anoso Lefaro Basi Lasam to Israel. Yeah. That it was the, always the plan of the world to afflict Paro with the burdens of Israel. In other words, he pretended. This is again Rashi's explaining that that Paro pretended to be afflicted so that they should volunteer to work hard to ease his burden, and that has to do with him wearing the brick necklace. It's very weird, but that's how we're explaining that it's in the singular. Okay, Paro. Okay, so here again in the singular. You know, it would have been nice. You could see somebody saying, it's just Amechad Belevechad. They were one unified nation. Okay, but it doesn't say that. It just keeps saying everything in the single and we're explaining everything on its own thing. So, Rabbi Shmuel, Chad Amechad Misaknos. 
es ba'alehen, v'chad ha'mashim m'maskinos es ba'alehen. Why is it called Ari Miskinos? In Hebrew, Miskain is a nebuch. <coughs> That's Yiddish. English is like a loser. Or, uh, okay, so, so they build loser cities for Paro, like nebby, nerdy cities for Paro. I can't think of any, but rather, oh, Silver Spring. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, I'm kidding, guys. Rabbi Shmuel, Chadamash Mesaknos. It's not even Miskinos. It's Mesaknos is by They endangered the people who were in it. Mesukan Shama, right? It's very dangerous. I love Silver Spring. My wife's from Silver Spring. It's the best city ever. So, Balein sounds like its owners, right? But I think it means the people who live there. Let me think. Balein, does Rashi say? Yeah, it's the people who built it. You were right. Balein, the people who Mamash owned it. What? Well, in other words, who made them build it? Be, again, Rashi. Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of the fact that they made the Jews build it, now they were going to suffer. The Egyptians were going to suffer. Um, right. Um, but now you're right because the second one, Mimaskinos, means those who built it. Because as Rashi says, Kolosik Bibinyan Mis Maskein. Okay, so it could be that it's a corner to build it. In other words, when you're building, anyone who's a kablan gets poor eventually. Or anyone who builds eventually gets weak. So becomes eventually, anyone who engages in construction becomes poor. Maybe it means anybody who does a lot of construction and a lot of renovation eventually becomes poor. Uh-huh. Uh, meaning not the person who does it. The person who, who, who pays it for it. Yeah. Anyway. Gets it done right. Okay. That could be. I've, I could believe that. Okay. So it's Pison Beis Ramses. Okay. So... That's six lines up from the bottom. Rav Shmuel Chadam Arpisam Shema V'lamani Kreshma Ramses. Yeah, in other words, it's two cities, but really it's a single city. So why is it called Pesam and Ramses? Shirish and Rishon Misroses. So, because it would crumble one bit at a time. That's what's called the Ramses. It's a city of Pitom, and it's falling apart. Why is it falling apart? Because every little bit they built, it would crumble and fall over, and every every time they would attempt it. See Rashi. The, la- the first wide line, Yeah, because Jews stink at building. Do you ever see a crew of Jews? It's awful. So, so that, it was a falling apart. It's like a crumbling city. It was a bad idea all around. But the other Shita is, Shmuel will say, that the name of the city was Ramses. So what are they called? Pitom, Shirishon, Rishon, Pitahom, Bolo. The pita home is the mouth of the depths would swallow it one bit at a time. Again, so whether Nivla Ba'aret says Rashi. So they're bad builders, right? So there's two ways that could be bad builders. Either like everything that they put on kind of falls off right away or they build the whole thing and just crumbles and gets swallowed up by the ground. But either way, they're terrible at building. This is always a bad idea. Next possibility. But sure enough, the Jewish people, one thing they did very well was definitely increase a lot and have tons and tons and tons of kids. Wait, so why is it again say it in the singular? Everything's in the singular, guys. I mean, it's a pattern. But we're going to answer each one. Also, in the past sense, also, look at this. It's saying it's going to be in the future, but we're not talking about the future. We're telling a story of the past. So why are we saying in the future tense? Should have been Rabu Vipartsu. Yeah. The Ruch HaKodesh told them, Kenya Bevachin Frotz, that that was what was going to happen. 
the Ruach HaKodesh was telling the Klal Yisrael that this plan wasn't going to work. They were encouraged by that, and then they kept going, and then they continued. So the midstream were disgusted. The Jews were like thorns in their eyes. It was like they needed it like a hole in the head. Then and they enslaved them. We're still in Pesach here, so it's still very relevant. As we turn to Yudalaf on the base and says Befarich, right? Really, really hard work. Well, is that what Farach means? We've gotten accustomed to the word of Vodas Parach. Is that what it means? That Farach means that the enslavement began with like sweet talking, literally. Rabbi Shmuel Banachmeni Amar Bifricha, crushing labor. Fricha is like, Misparach is when a thing uh, falls um, apart, right? Crumbling work. So, two very opposite kind of things, but either way, the same result of enslaving them. They made their lives really bitter with hard work and also with bricks and mortar. That's the Hamshach of the Pasuk that's not quoted here. That it started out with mortar and bricks, but at the end, really everything. Like they just started out with building and they started getting to do everything. And then the Pasuk ends. And everything that they did, they did it they would make the women, let's be not politically correct and assume a very old school division of labor where the men do the what? <laughs> the men's work. Very good. So the women, let's say they do the cooking and the cleaning and the babysitting. And the men do the accounting and the, and the building and playing poker, whatever it is. <laughs> So the women were doing the accounting in the building. That was no good. The men were doing the cooking and the cleaning and the babysitting. That was even worse. And that is what? Where does that, that come up from anyway? It's called Vasem Shabdun Where does that come from? Uh, well, uh, the Tanchuma, by the way, they said, yeah, they would have the men bake and the women chop wood and draw water. So we kind of had it right. Well, anyway, this was very, very difficult. I don't know how they figured it out that that's definitely what they did. But anyway, So, wow, this is so bad for men to do women's work. Again, this is before gender fluidity. And even before that, before affirmative whatever. I don't know. This is a, this is a old school kind of approach where you're saying that even worse, even if you held the ferach means that you were talked into it, to do women's work and for women to do men's work, that's for sure free according to everyone. That is crushing. Okay. Okay. Uh, now, the, how did the uh, attempt to prevent the Jews... See, if you kill all the men, then you only have one gender. And then the nation's going to eventually totally dis- disappear, right? So that was supposed to work. How did it fail? very famous Russia. Yeah, the Nashim would have none of it. And it is in their schus that we were in Mitzrayim. When the women would go draw water, which is usually men's work, but they ended up having to do it. Even though I don't know that that's necessarily always true historically, but apparently that's what Rashi says was true historically then. They prepare small little fishies in their jugs. Miraculously, okay, so that was the ratio half water, half fish, 
and they put two pots on top of the oven. One full of hot water, one full of fish. And they go out to the field. They would bathe and anoint their husbands. This is a break. They feed them, give them drink. And between the borders of the fields, they would actually be with their husbands. It's Shvasayim with a shin. Shvasayim means the borders of the field. So, okay. Every field has a border. And so, like, the low land between those borders, I guess, afforded some privacy. This quote of Imtish Kavun Ben Shvasayim is a quote from Tehillim. Okay, so they supported their husbands so much at work. They brought them lunch at work every day. And they were just giving them all the support in the world. And they were not going to let this nation die off. That's how they ended up getting all the riches of Mitzrayim. And the wings of a dove coated with silver, brilliant gold. What does that have to do with anything? Eretz Yisrael is compared to a dove. And then that's what Rashi says. And it was, they were loaded with the gold and silver spoils of Mitzrayim. Nachi brought up something that was more than that bad. It was fantastic. He said, before we were, because uh, he just said, stop for a second. Um, the Ishachad Belevachad Vart that I wanted to say, well, guess what? It was going to be true eventually, but it was not true yet. That didn't happen until later. It took some time to galvanize. They were dafkanat ke'ishachad belevachad then. That's why you have to find a shot for every single time that it has it in the singular. Love that. Shkach. Okay. So anyways, this Yona Yerakrak situation, okay, we know we're compared to a dove in many, uh, many contexts. So anyways, but it's not just a dove. It's a dove with bling. It's like golden-tipped spoils, all that. We came out of Mitzrayim, loaded it to the gills, and that was... Uh, alluded to in the, in the psukim. Okay, but anyways, uh, what's the meter connected meter there? It's an interesting question in its own right, right? Because we're saying everything is supposed to be like very meter connected meter. We don't know exactly uh, how, uh, but anyways, uh, so now they're with their husbands, but that's not enough, right? Because you're you're going to get those Jewish babies thrown in the water. So that's usually deterrent to having children all together, but the women will not be denied. So they became pregnant. Then they come home. And when their birth time arrives, so now they're supposed to what? Supposed to give up the boys to be thrown in the river. No, no, no. Obviously, if you're, right, a cab, you know, Moshe Shapiro uh, or the Ben Yoyada, you know, you understand all the depths here. But be that as it may, they are giving birth under the apple tree. Shanema Tachas of Tapuach or Ticha. The Karishbarhu Shalach Mishmaram. And then Hashem would send from heaven the Mi Shemanaker and Mishaperosan. Hashem would literally send an angel to raise this baby, essentially. Now, if the Tachas HaTapuch or Atichas sounds at all familiar, it's because we just read it this past, we read it, when was it, yesterday? Yesterday. Shir Hashirim, yeah, yesterday was Cholomoed Pesach, Shabbos Cholomoed Pesach. 
So Shir Hashem, we read yesterday. And according to that Pasuk, it means that Hashem aroused the children to leave their mother's rooms under the, uh, that's what Rashi says, under the apple tree. That's un- unbelievable. And then, under, and that's what it means. In order to enable them, under, why dafka an apple tree? I don't know. But that's an interesting question. And then, he is, uh, so like a midwife who is actually taking care of a child, that's how the angels would take care of these children. Regarding your birth, and day you were born, nobody cut your umbilical cord. There wasn't a doctor pleader wasn't there waiting to wash your body with your smooth to, and all that and to take care of you. Was doctor pleader, did he deliver you, Eitan? No, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, anyways, Shalita. So anyways, so that whole thing, right, it's a reference to this idea that this was like these, they did this birth on their own. And they had to, right? They had to do it under the cover of the apple tree. And the angel would gather for the baby two round, what, two round what? Two round loaves. One of oil and one of honey. And literally he would, from this, I mean, angels would basically raise these children. Can you imagine? So why did Moshe Rabbeinu need to be thrown in the water then? Oh, it's like, why didn't Moshe Rabbeinu not get this treatment? It sounds like everybody was saved. <laughs> Right. So let's see. Well, here we go. Well, let's see. The Egyptian would discover these babies and they would come to kill them. Oh. So that's not good. But don't worry. But now some Nesim Lomba Karka. Nesim would happen to them and they would be swallowed up in the ground. So then the Egyptian would know that the babies are in the ground. So like, okay, let's go plow here and kill the babies. Let's plow over these Jewish babies. This is when you get a little carried away with the anti-Semitism. <laughs> this is in Tehillim. That they tried to literally plow over my back. So when the Egyptians go away after plowing, they're like, I think, we, I think we killed all those babies under the ground with our oxes and our... Then what would happen? Cabbage patch babies. They would spring out like grass of the field. They made you as numerous as the plants of the field. Literally. How did I do so? You were like the plants of the field. You came out, whoop, sprouted out. Okay, so why didn't Moshe have any of this? And then after, once they grew up, so then they would come back to their houses. You increase and you grow up and you came with ornaments. No, no, no. It doesn't mean but edre adarim. Add the resh there, and it sounds like the flocking home, like boys and benazmanim coming from yeshiva. So that's why, amazingly, it is these very miraculous boys, uh, these miraculous children, when. Hashem revealed himself on the Yam, him he kirutrila. They knew what it was. Shinemar Zeke Li Ben Beu. They said, Hey guys, this is the God. That's Daddy. That's the person who I saw, so to speak. Right? They were able to recognize that, that was Hashem. Okay. So now back to this part of Okay. So I it's still a good question, like, why was Moshe not one of these? Well, we're gonna get to Moshe. So 
So the Adosam Yisrios was Shifra and Pua. What was their relationship? One say it was mom-daughter, which would mean it would like be Miriam and her mom. Chalamar Kalabachamosa was a daughter-in-law and a mother-in-law. Mandamar should be so Yocheved or Miriam. Mandamar Kalabachamosa, Yocheved and not Miriam, but Elisheva. Who was Elisheva? Who married? Who was Elisheva married to? Correct. She was Aaron's wife. Very good. Gemara is going to support the idea that the Milados was in fact Yocheved and Miriam. Tanya Kamandamar Isha Vita. Titania, Shifra, Ziyuchevet. Okay, well, there you go. Lam Nikrashma Shifra. So why would she call Shifra? Shemeshat Peres, Asavlad. She really knew how to, like, raise a kid, take care of a baby. Davar Acher, Shifra, Shiparu, Varov, Yisrael, Be'amea. During her days, Kalisov multiplied a lot. Pua, Zumiriam. Pua is referring to Miriam. Lam Nikrashma Pua, Shaita Poa, Lavlad. It is a Ma'ano, Manopia. Anamanapia is a word that means where the word sounds like the sound. Pua, pua, pua. That's what it means. She was pua, pua lavlad. She would go like that and make calm them down and all that. She would cry out with Yisrael. And she would scream, My mother is going to give birth to Mashiach. I was screaming that would have been a bad idea. Yeah, I would have said, Keep that on the down low, please. Thank you. Because that is getting uh, dangerous, but she screamed in her father's face to make her to make him get remarried. Exactly, the scream was not like to the people in the street and all the midstream who were willing to listen, but rather it was a very firm, uh, right, uh, and fervent and confident uh, support of her parents to have this child again. But why did they have to go through all of this if they could just stick them uh, in the in the fields? Okay, so. This was the idea. Paro tells him, here, here's what you do. When you see uh, a son, kill him. My avnim. Uh, it says, where's the Pesach? Um, you'll see on the birthstone. I think that's what the art school says. They see on the birthstone, if it's a son, kill him. What's this birthstone? When you're assisting and you see on the stones. I mean, I know that Avanim is stones. Avnaim. So what is this? So what my Avnaim? Paro gave them a sign of childbirth. In other words, he's telling them, like, uh, what to expect when you're expecting. Like, oh, he's giving them all those uh, birthing advice. Uh, you'll know when the woman kneels uh, kneels down to give birth and she, her thighs comes cold and stone. That's when you know it's about to happen. Okay. Thanks for the advice, Paro. And some say it refers to the actual birthing stool because it says, I went to the house of the potter and he was doing work over the avnaim. Who's the yotzer? What's the context? Yermio? What's happening here? Yeah, it's um, just like a potter sits in a position where his feet are like spread apart with the block of the pottery in the middle. Afisha. Okay, so you can see the analogy there where it's kind of like the legs spread with the pottery except for the women, it's not pottery, it's a baby. There you go. Okay, so the puzzle continues. So kill the boys. 
this is a funny thing. First of all, why Simon Gadol, right? There has to be, right, right? We have to like look into this. He gave them such a great Simon that if his face is turning down, it's a boy. If it's the daughter, if it's face turning up, it's a girl. A, not true. Maybe it's true then. Oh, you guys will ask Rebbeiselman next year whether it's the science is true then or what? It doesn't matter. The point is, he gave them a, a simon. Okay, he's giving them what to expect when you're expecting. But yeah, they feared Hashem. They yiras shemaim literally, and they didn't do it. That takes a lot of guts. Lahen mi baalei. It should have said lahen. lahen. He spoke to them. What did he say? He didn't speak about them. He spoke to them. Yeah, aside from all the different advice he was giving them, he also wanted to hook up with them and be their boyfriend. And that they were not down for either. Very good. Right? He was trying to seduce them in some way. He was obviously uh, a jerk, right? But And they kept the boys alive. Um, he was a degenerate. Okay, so they kept the boys alive. Tana, lo dayan shaloi misu asam. It's not enough that they didn't, they didn't just not kill them. El shayu maspik osayimayim mazal. They started feeding them. You know, this is a dangerous business, but they were actually supporting his kiva. Tamar naim yodos, paroki locha nashim. So now the Pasuk says, when Paro says to them, what's going on? Why aren't you not killing the babies? So what was their answer? They said, They gave an excuse. Plausible deniability. They said, you have to understand. We're going. And before we get there, the kids are already gone. It's like they're giving birth to themselves. It's crazy. Now you could say, well, well, if that's the case, then maybe get them earlier. It's like when you come to work late every day and you're like, oh, traffic. It's like, okay, well, maybe tomorrow there's also going to be traffic. Maybe you should account for that. But but here they're saying, but here saying no, this doesn't happen to me. But I'm just saying that's what I'm always. That's what I would say if I was the boss and somebody was going to lie or whatever. <laughs> it says my chayos. It's like oh, so when you left the house, you mean you assumed that you would apparate that the second you left the house, you would automatically be in the office a half an hour away, or that there would for sure be no traffic and it would be just like a straight shot, like as the crow flies. So here they were saying no. It's it, they're saying it's not going to be. Uh, it's not good. We get there and already done. My chayos. But why do they use the word chayos? They're like chayos. chayos mamish. Well, chayos makes sense because they don't have midwives in the animal kingdom. So that would make sense that they actually are quick. So atu chaya because there's not even a midwife. You need another midwife to give birth. So chayot, you know, when you say a chayot, you have nurses. That's what they call them in the hospital. But even when a nurse has their own babies, it's not like just because they're a maternity nurse, they deliver it on their own. They get another maternity nurse uh, on shift to take it. So no, that's what it says. So no, this nation is compared to a chaya, a wild animal. Yehuda gur arye, because like Yehuda is like a lion famously, and dan yehidan nachash, right? You guys remember the brachos of the shvatim. Naftali is like a yala, right? Shlucha. Like a like a like a ayala let loose. Uh, I'm sorry, like a shalucha. Yeah, Yisachar is chamor garem is like a strong bone donkey. Yosef is bechor shor is like an ox. Binyamin zev teref is like a wolf. Ksibe, uh, So that metaphor is written. But even the tribes. So that's not all the shvatim, right? That's just some of the shvatim are compared to animals. Whatever that means. So what does it really mean? That the 
Okay, but they're like animals. Okay. I can't, I'm sorry, I can't resist talking about, uh, we're almost done, but they had the Prime Ministers, that book, The Prime Ministers, Levi Eshkol. This was in 1967. That was a very miraculous war, the Six-Day War. I believe Levi Eshkol was the Prime Minister. People didn't really know him. He spoke Yiddish. We had a Prime Minister of Israel that spoke mostly Yiddish, like barely spoke anything else. And uh, Zalmi, uh, Nachi's grandfather, Oliver Shalom, Loved that book. And he, his famous thing was... Lyndon Johnson was the President of the United States at the time. He took him around his ranch because he was like a Texas guy. Or whatever. He was like a Southern guy. And he took him around his ranch. And he's like, that's my cow, Bessie. She's more stubborn than a blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and Levi Eshkol turns around and he says, Vus red dem guy. Like, he, he <laughs> referred to the President of the United States as a guy. Like, speaking Yiddish. It was like the simpler times. It wasn't that that long ago. Anyways, um, why am I saying this? Because they needed... They were telling Abba Iban who was like the ambassador at the time, that they need a lot of help. And they were very nervous because before the 67 war, they thought that they were going to, you know, all be destroyed. So they're trying to explain diplomatically. He says, give me the phone. And Levi Eshkol says, uh, he says to them, you have to understand these guys that they're that our enemies. The Arabs all wanted to kill us. They all, Nasser from Egypt, they all promised they were for sure going to kill us. And he goes, they're chayas, they're chayas. <laughs> And so that's the Prime Minister of Israel at the time. He was saying to tell Abba Iban, they're chayas, tell them that they're chayas, we need the help right now. <laughs> anyway, here it's talking about the Jews, but it says not only the, the Shvatim who are attributed to animals, but even the Loksiv Beik, Siv Ma'im Cholaviyah. There it goes, our name is Lavi. Ben Arias your mother was a Lavi, crouching amongst lions. So everyone, the whole Jewish nation as a whole, is Lavi crouching amongst lions. Finally, he made houses for them because they were Yori Shemaim. Some say it's metaphorical houses, the Bate Kehuna and Lavia, which were established. Some say more physical royal houses. It's because David also came from Miriam. How so? When Azuba died, Kalev married Ephrat, and Ephrat has to be a reference to Miriam. That's the point. And she had Chur. Okay? Um, that's what the Gemara is going to tell us. Okay? Why was she called Azuba? When she was sick, they almost left her. You know, the whole Saras incident. We'll see. It says, this is all from, from uh, Devar Yom Aleph. And it says that this David was the son of a man who traces lineage back to Ephras. That's why he was called Ephrasi. So that shows that even David Melch was able to be traced back to Miriam. Another allusion to Kalev and Miriam in Divrei Azuva Isha. So wait, so Azuva. So what's this? I mean, we know shields, right? Like these guys who know the Chidon Tanakh, they have to know all this stuff. Like this is straight up. They could ask you, this is considered an easy question. <laughs> you got to know who Yesher, Shova, Venardon, Azuva, who all these people are. Anyway, we're asked Ben Chetzron. Why is Kali referred to as Ben Chetzron? That wasn't his father's name, Ben Yifuneh. His father was Yifuneh. That's straight in the Torah, Kali Ben Yifuneh. So what's Ben Chetzron? Ben Shepaname Atzas Meraglim, yeah. His father's name actually was Chetzron. 
Yifuna was not his real name. Yifuna was because he turned himself away from the other Miraglim. Amazing. Chetron was the actual name of his dad. Ayva, Akati ben Knazu, but still Kalev is not the son of Chetron. His real, his real name actually... Okay, so they call him Yifuna because of how he behaved with the Miraglim. He, he turned away from this. Beautiful. But it's, his father's real name wasn't Chetron. It was Kenaz. Kenaz Asniel, son of Kenaz, Kalev's brother conquered it. So Amarva Chorgo de Kenaz Hava. Kalev was the stepson of Kenaz, not his real son. So really, Kalev and Osniel were maternal brothers. And that's Dekanami. Yachsif, as we arrive at Yudbeidah, Malaf HaKnizi. Kalev, the son of Knizi. Since he's called Knizi and not the son of Kenaz, Shmami no. We see that he was really only a stepson of Kenaz, but not his actual Kenaz. Tomorrow we'll resume. Azuva, Zoo Miriam, the top line. And you'd base Amad Aleph. Everybody have a good Moed.